Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. It feels like forever since we've been here, but here we are. We're back. (laughs) Today we are talking to Sarah Lyon, who is an all-around powerhouse in the birth world. She is author of The Birth Deck. She has her first book coming out. And there's just too many things to name. She just... (laughs) She's got a lot going on, and she's doing them all very well, so... (laughs) She really is. So we were fortunate enough to talk uh, her new book. Her, all the ventures she has going on, life, birth, motherhood. It's just a really interesting conversation that we had with Sarah. Yeah, it really is. She was so much fun to talk to. And you guys are going to love hearing uh, from Sarah and her journey. And it's just so interesting. So uh, enjoy today's episode. But also don't forget to go and follow us on Instagram at birthnaturally. And send us a message or an email if you'd like to come on and share your story with us. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about you and your family and what you do? So I live in New York City, but I spend a lot of time in the Bay Area of California and soon we'll be spending a lot of time in Chicago as well. I have two little kids, uh, a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. The seven-year-old is a girl. She's my oldest. She was born in California, and then my youngest is three, little boy, born here in New York City. And then my husband is um, just an all-around supportive dude, and he also works, and we live here in a little apartment, and we do our lives quarantine style. Yes, quarantine style. Isn't that fun? (laughs) So tell us a little bit about, because, you know, those our listeners that listen to our podcast kind of we usually you know we, we're talking to a mom she's telling her birth story but you're uh, you you will be sharing your a, bit, a little bit about your birth but you also have a different side to what you do so can you tell us about your experience as a doula a childbirth educator an author and all of the things that you do in the birth world professionally I have I only really know birth I consider myself a low-key DIY expert, but that is only in my personal life. (laughs) Personally, I am 100% a birth worker, a birth educator. I am um, an author. I write about birth, and I've been doing this work since I was 21 years old, and I actually came to it through studying the sociology of medicine and the sociology of of menopause and women's health. And yeah, it's not what most people are studying in college. And I swear I was really cool as well. (laughs) Being really into 60 year old women, I was also really cool. Um, But I, I went to study massage therapy as a conduit to putting myself through Um, public policy um, or public health school. I wasn't sure which program I wanted to go into. And I was sort of aiming for an eventual PhD in sociology with a focus on women's health and integrative medicine. So integrative medicine, most of your listeners will be aware, is blending um, non-allopathic treatment. So allopathic being mainstream Western medicine with Eastern therapies and other other, um, kinds of therapies that we think of as being complementary to allopathic mainstream medicine. So that was what my trajectory was in my mind. But when I went to massage school, I got really into prenatal massage and that opened me up to being invited to births, which opened me up to teaching birth education. 
And that was the launch of the whole rest of my career. I actually applied to midwifery schools and got in and then deferred for a year to go. I was studying in Australia and living and it was like a whole former life of mine. Um, and so I went back and deferred my midwifery programs for a year and then ended up starting my practice and my birth work practice. And I just did that forever. So, um, so I actually came to birth work 10 years before I was even really considering having kids. And that's really uncommon. Most people will actually come to birth work as a result of their own birth experiences or helping a sister or someone that's nearly a peer through birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's quite often what we, what we hear. Um, so tell us, you started with your prenatal massage mm-hmm. and that's kind of grown, right? Because I know you're kind of bi-coastal and expanding to Chicago. So, um, so I do, I started a prenatal, uh, really specialized deep tissue prenatal and postpartum massage therapy practice. We treat women throughout the entire life course and we're known for our prenatal and our postpartum work just because it's so unique and so few people in America feel really comfortable treating pregnant women really with any kind of therapy, but especially with body work, which is silly, but that's a different conversation altogether. So I started Glow Birth and Body in 2010 in Oakland, California. That is That location still exists. Um, it's grown over time. We've moved location um, one time, but we've been in our current location in the Temescal neighborhood of Oakland for five years, um, six years now. And we're opening in Chicago and Roscoe Village um, in just a few months from now. Our opening has been delayed because of COVID. Obviously, it's not exactly a socially distanced activity receiving a massage. So um, we're opening in later in the springtime in Chicago. We're so excited. That has been in the works for a couple of years now. Um, my family's from there. I went to school in the Midwest, went to Michigan. So I'm super excited to be getting back to some Midwest with Midwestern vibes. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how I got into that's the practice really started as a full spectrum prenatal postpartum birth practice with massage as the core offering our massage therapy team spans depending on the season anywhere from five to nine people and um and then and we have you know our therapists stay for ages they're all veteran therapists they're all really incredible women um, who do very professional clinical work at the same time being super nurturing and then we had birth education for ages and um doulas etc but um I mean, frankly, all of our doulas graduated sort of like out of doula work, not that you need to graduate out of it. It's not actually like a a ladder, but they all went to midwifery school over time. So we went through sort of like three cohorts of doulas in the practice. And then it became clear to me, I moved to New York City. I managed the practice bi-coastally, as you were alluding to. And I decided at that time to really just to have our business focus on the bodywork component um, because we we have such wonderful referral relationships with our doulas and midwives um, and birth educators in the community. And I can still do birth education both through my writing and um, online through Zoom. We started a Zoom cast, which is like a podcast, but over Zoom and you can watch it on YouTube for Glow at our channel, which is Glow Birth and Body. and, and yeah, I ended up writing. What I ended up doing was like that extra time that I wasn't managing a very large um, team of diverse skill sets. You know, once I could focus on the bodywork component for and training bodywork for the practice, then I uh, wrote the birth deck, which illustrates 50 ways to comfort someone in labor. And it's really been very successful. We launched by Kickstarter in 2018. And it just 
took off with a bang. It's been great. We're about to do our fourth print run, which is pretty amazing. We've sold over 1,000 copies, yeah, since 2019. And um, and I've completely published and managed that on my own um, with my incredible illustrator and an assistant um, of mine who has had another baby since and is doing some different work now. Um, And then I have a book coming out in May, which is super exciting. It's a companion. It can be either a companion to the birth deck or also a standalone birth education tool. It's called You've Got This, Your Guide to Getting Comfortable with Labor. And it's an interactive um, exploration of why pain management techniques really do work for labor and not coming at it from like a witchy woo-woo perspective, although I can go as deep as you want on that for sure, but that is not how I see us moving the needle in birth work. Mm -hmm. I think of my brand as being in my practice as flow and my own personal writing as being kind Mm -hmm. of the gateway to healthy non-traumatic birth, which you could call natural birth, physiologic birth, however you want it. But I've learned over my 15 years doing this work that in order to bring people into a more empowered experience, which will inform their parenting decisions for the rest of their lives and their self-concept and really truly whether or not they pee their pants kind of stuff, you know, like real material things that preaching to the choir can only go so far, you know, Mm -hmm. having an approachable vernacular, having really clear, diverse illustration, something that will bring people in where they'll be like, oh, I see myself here. I can wrap my mind around this. My partner is like never going to go to a long, you know, natural birth focused class, but like we could read this book and they would get on board, you know? Um, so that's, so that's what, that's what I do with my time and with my skill set. That is really interesting. And I, I like how you say that because it is, I mean, for people that especially now, I mean, we've, we've heard, there's been such an uptick in home birth or birth center births, you know, mm-hmm. with COVID people don't want to be in hospitals. And I'm sure that you have witnessed this too, in all of your work that, you know, people are probably, you're probably busier than ever, but it, the people that are getting into home birth now aren't necessarily, like you say, of the mindset of like, you know, this natural lifestyle, but to make it approachable is, the way that we have to is a great way to kind of reach the people where they are and um mm-hmm. and make it normal and not make you know get that look that you get when you say you had a home birth that you know we all know <laughs> that face mm-hmm. that, you, that people can make so i think that's great what you're doing i really do yeah, so that's awesome so before we you know talk about all of your business ventures which are all so exciting and i can't wait to hear even more details about them but why don't we um, I wanted to ask you, how did you meet your husband and how did you start your family? Because we know that you were interested in birth. We've been interested in birth for a very long time. So, so how did that go? So I have a, we have an interesting, we have an interesting um, family history. I was married previously and had my first child. I was married for six years in that relationship for 10. I met my ex-husband when I was 21 years old and my first child was born in California in that marriage. And then we had a really early breakup. Um, we split when she was 12 weeks old, which for anyone who's had a 12 week old, oh, wow. like, it was not ideal. I can't even imagine. <laughs> you can just leave it at that. That's also a whole other podcast. <laughs> but I had a ton of support. My family's amazing. I'm super close to them. They were at my births, like 
that's the kind of vibe. Um, and, and so I spent the next year focusing on growing my business so that I didn't need to take any child support so I could truly be independent, make independent decisions and not feel like I was being controlled in any way. Mm -hmm. um, and that would sort of force me into making decisions that might not be the healthiest for my daughter and myself. Um, and then I went to a dinner party um, in like a, a while after we'd split up, but my daughter was 14 months old at the time. And um, I was for sure not looking for another relationship. I was like still like deep in therapy and like just working through everything. And like really professionally focused that was mm -hmm. where that energy from the relationship had shifted both necessarily and because my business is my first baby you know what I mean so like it's not hard for me to just fully shift and like dive in there so um while I was focusing on that I went to this dinner party like frankly just being like you know maybe I can meet someone that like I can have a little bit of fun with because three months after having a baby like think about how much your identity shifts right I was like a new person you know like whoa, now I'm a mom, wait, now I'm a single mom, which I'm after being in a relationship for 10 years, like what? <laughs> um, but there was also this sort of like weird little like getting out of jail feeling where you're like, wait, all of a sudden I have like all this weird freedom that it's so confounding, like to even it's like bombarded by opportunity to the point where like I couldn't even see it mm -hmm. in terms of dating. I was like, that is so not where my head is. And my now husband opened the door to the party and I was like, we both were just like eyes locked and just oh. I, I, it was like a pop and I like stood there talking to him for like 45 minutes with the like it was like in Berkeley. So it was obviously like a vegetarian potluck dish. And I was sitting there with like a lentil feta salad, like for 45 minutes. And finally he was like, Do you want to go set that down in the kitchen? You know, because we just like immediately got into it. Now, this is how I ended up in New York. He is living in New York and has been since like the end of college a hundred years ago and I was in California and so we started he was traveling out to the bay a lot for work like every other week and so we started it was perfect gave me space to heal it was like zero obligation you know what I mean we were both super casual about it at the beginning and it meant that I could go like days weeks a month without having to reach out to fully just be in my own zone um, and there was no pressure and I'm so grateful for that because it allowed me to both to integrate my new identity as a mother and as an independent individual to dig in and shore up the foundation of my life financially and to get the confidence as an independent person in the world um, and then also in this relationship and be like healing the wounds from the end of that marriage. And I ended up moving, my daughter and I moved to New York after doing a lot of bi-coastal visits and spending summers kind of traveling between the coasts together. Um, and the rest is history. So we've been married now for, um, for almost five years. We've been together for six and it's like totally a weird dream come true that came out of a nightmare. I've actually never told this story, you guys. On my oh, well, thanks for sharing with us. I could totally relate. I was divorced. I had my first two with my first husband remarried we were long distance I, I I'm feeling a lot of the same vibes I get it <laughs> that, that actually like really is meaningful to me thank you for sharing that and my so my ex is like out of the picture entirely um again in a whole other podcast episode but my my current husband has ado adopted our oldest adopted our daughter um oh, that's nice. weeks that's before so sweet. 
our baby was born, our second was born. So it's really awesome. He's like, see, she's even technically my first child, you know? Oh <laughs> gosh, what a guy. Honestly. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, let's bring him into the room, folks. Yeah, no, he's awesome. <laughs> see whenever you're annoyed with him you could just go back listen to this podcast and be like you know what he's pretty awesome so I mean it really it gets us through a lot of stuff you just think oh right you're the best person ever (laughs) yeah right so what so after you had met him you had already had a home birth how did you have to get him on board or I mean birth is your life so I guess he kind of had to be on board with all things birth going into your second birth that makes me laugh because birth is like actually 100% all my waking hours are birth oriented. <laughs> thinking about it. So that'd be right. Yeah. I mean, he, this actually is a moment where like, if he was home, I'd be like, come here and talk to us for a minute because he actually, um, he is highly cerebral, but also deeply emotionally intelligent. And he, he respects expertise profoundly. So he loves to learn. And when I met him, one of the conversations that we first had was um, was about oxytocin and, versus adrenaline and fight or flight, like literally the night we met. And he explained that he'd been sitting next to a midwife one time on a plane, like a month or two before. And she told him all about birth and home birth. Right? Like, wow. you know, one of those conversations you get into with somebody in the last six hours on like a cross coastal fight you know yeah. <laughs> and he was like primed for our relationship you know what I mean so thank you to that midwife wherever she is in the ether she's the reason why I'm now with my husband I think maybe um and so it was that was the beginning of like a never-ending conversation so he to your point just really he said he was like you know sort of like the same vibe on the single mom thing where he was like you know what she's got this like she's cool she knows what's going on I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm all in. And it doesn't actually take much, you guys, like, you know, this, all you have to do is look at the research. Mm -hmm. You unsocialize your judgment and you go to the data. That's all it takes. So for somebody who is highly educated like him, he's like, cool, you give me data. I'm a data guy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's proofs right there (laughs) Mm -hmm. that it's safe and an awesome option for if you want to birth that way mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so you have these prenatal pre- massage places all over the country now like that's insane like three mm-hmm. different places I don't know how you're doing this with two little kids <laughs> and you're an author now you have your first book coming out so for the, first the birth deck is that something that you would give to say you know like um uh, a baby shower a mom or is it something like for a husband to reference or a partner to reference during labor and your now companion or standalone book same thing same question so who who is your audience the audience is anyone and everyone it's mm-hmm. all written I most people have no idea that I've had home births I don't ever talk about it in my birth education unless I'm talking to a home birth family Mm-hmm. And most people don't know that I like, I'm not, well, my insides might be very radical. My outside is wearing gap right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I keep it in it, it's where it's where my comfort zone. I'm my, I'm a Libra. My comfort zone is everyone else's comfort. So I'm going to come to a conversation and the things that I create in the world 
are going to be as neutral as possible while kind of like bringing somebody over to the side I would like them to be on for their own health and well-being. So the deck is really for everyone. If you are home birthing, this is for you. If you are hospital birthing and you're definitely getting an epidural, this is for you. If you're considering having a voluntary, um, an elective C-section, but you're not quite sure yet and you kind of want to explore it and you actually want some mindfulness techniques to actually even get you through like the initial parts of the prep for the C-section, this is for you. So it's really for everyone. I, I, I call all of my work and sort of my vibe non-denominational. I'm not trying to bring you onto one specific side. I'm trying to give you some really grounded information that's grounded in history, that's grounded in evidence to, to give you the best chance at having a healthy, happy experience. Mm -hmm. So the deck is for everyone. It's, it's for a, and we say it in the instructions in the, in the deck. Um, you know, if you are a single mom by choice and you decided that you're going to do this and you want to prep and you've hired a doula or your sister's coming, or you're going to do it alone, which in COVID, if you're a single mom by choice has sometimes been the case, you've had to do it alone. You can read these things. There are movement techniques There are four categories. There's massage, movement, mindfulness, and then just basic support and support could also be called miscellaneous. So that's like the, the main um, and then actually the most foundational sort of like sensory tips and tricks, like lighting, water, things like that, mm, right? Yeah. That aren't like a specific technique. They're more like an entire like environment shift. Um, and so if that's you, while some of the massage techniques you can't do for yourself, you could always hand that card to a nurse in the room. You could always hand that card to your mom, you know, right. who like, never even thought about doing this like this and thinks it's wild that you're even trying to like, you know, have a birth without an epidural, let's say for somebody. Um, it's something that's going to, that is meant to be a, a tool that you can literally, like we, the, over a hundred hospitals in California have this deck. Um, there is a Stanford initiative that is um, called CMQCC, which is, uh, they evaluate how the best practices in hospitals can improve material birth outcomes. And satisfaction is one of those, but it's not what they focus on. They really focus on women and babies being coming through birth healthy. Um, and so they brought the deck into over a hundred hospitals in California to educate the staff and wow, that's and awesome. Old people, families birthing on their on their wards and their wards. And so it, you can just pick it up there and flip through it and use it. You don't yeah. have to study it ahead of time. Whereas the book is a deeper dive. So the deck doesn't go deeply. It's, it's as few words as necessary to give you instructions to apply the technique, right? Mm -hmm. The book has over 150 illustrations. It's 144 pages. It has journaling activities, prompts, birth stories. It has like added sort of expert tips. It has, um, the book has foundational concepts. What is oxytocin? Why does it matter? Why is adrenaline, why are adrenaline and oxytocin the on and off switch for labor? Why, what is the primal brain? What, why do we rely on the senses to impact how our body is physiologically going to experience the course of labor. Um, so it's a deeper dive into, and then there are added techniques as well. So it's a deeper dive into comfort and labor and could be an entire comfort measures course, but it's not like a full birth education course where I'm teaching you 
every single what if about labor, not that you could ever do every single what if, but I'm not, it's not about what ifs and labor, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I love that. Excuse me. I love that because I mean, I found during my, my last pregnancy, just picking up a book when I had a couple minutes, reading some things and just little things stand out in your mind when you're in labor, you know, like you'll hear a story or you'll read a tip and you'll be like, okay, yes, now I should do that. And I love that you have both options available for like a quick reference point and something that you like, you know, the reason why you're, you know, yeah. Getting all that information beforehand while you're pregnant and really just like taking the time and reading that entire book, you know, start to finish maybe multiple times because it's so helpful. But then when you're in it and you know, you have the birth deck right there in front of you or your husband has it or your partner has it. It's, I can't, that's so helpful. I mean, I wish that I knew about that when I had my home birth because <laughs> I just, I love the idea of this. But just for any pregnant moms out there that are planning a natural birth or however they want to birth, do you have, are there favorites, like a couple favorites from the birth deck that people just are like, oh my gosh, I love this um this this, part or this tip yeah yeah absolutely yeah so so there are there are the the good old like double hip squeeze for example oh yeah I know doulas and midwives who have carry wrist guards in their birth bags because their wrists can get so sore from holding a woman's hips for 12 hours (laughs) yeah the double hip squeeze is a winner now the but like the sleeper hit is anything in the mind section what most of us don't realize is that before we're in labor, before we witness labor, is that it's really a mind first. The body meets the mind. Yes. So, yeah. And the mind, it's not magic. It's not, it's not, um, you know, it's not something that's like outside of science. It is science. You're the way that you are experiencing the world is being interpreted through your brain and your body and then your brain is triggering all these little chemicals, these hormone communicators to travel around your body and impact your muscles. What did you see? Did you see someone running at you? What did your brain do? Your brain said threat. Your brain then made your muscles move fast so you could run, right? Like this is how the body works. So in the exact same way with birth, if we start with the mind and we say, I'm healthy, I am calm, I am supported, I am safe, and we start there, then the body gets, then the brain says, you are healthy, you are supported, you are safe, you can give birth here. This is a safe place to release a baby into this environment. So, okay, now we're going to tell the muscles, we're going to tell the the uterus to contract because that's the power that's going to get the baby out. And we're going to tell the pelvic floor to relax and the cervix to relax, which is the little drawstring at the bottom of your uterus that has to open for the baby to come out. So your brain is going to release, is going to trigger the release of these chemicals. And so the mind techniques, really the hypnosis technique, the visualization, simply the affirmations and the words of encouragement are going to go so far. And the nice thing is with with the mind techniques and the words of encouragement, for a lot of first-time support people, which most people are when they go to their partner's labors or their family member's labors, they, to have the inspiration or like a line to recite will inspire all these other things. It kind of primes the pump because initially the support person has adrenaline too, and it's hard to fake it. 
right? But in some ways, the deck kind of helps you fake it. You know what I mean? If you read the book, the book's going to help reduce your adrenaline and your fear about labor before you even have to support someone in labor as a support person. But the deck, you can just read the words and read them slowly. And then it will also bring relaxing hormones into your body as a support person. So it, it's sort of a chicken and egg thing, right? So I would say that the double hip squeeze is, is the big standout for the, the physical techniques. And then um, the, the that whole is mind so, that, that is so right on because our, yeah. our late, our last babies are about like 10, 11 months apart, my sister and I, and I, that was the first labor I went to was hers to support, mm -hmm. you know, besides my own, obviously, but I had these things in my head that I knew, like, even though you're nervous as a support person, even as an educated support person, but you know that there are things to say, and you can see that, I could see that her, you could see, you can see that her mindset changed, and her, she relaxed, and just saying the things that maybe you don't necessarily believe them in the moment, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, and obviously those physical touches or, you know, those physical things can be so helpful, but if you aren't in the right mindset, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere. Like you're stuck, you get stuck. It, it just makes labor so difficult. So yeah, like I totally agree that starting with your mind is is key in a natural birth and any birth really <laughs> people in labor women who are in labor have spidey senses all of your senses are extra super duper sensitive because mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you're in a safe environment before you yeah. present yeah, definitely fledgling into the wild as a vulnerable little thing right and you also are compromised when you're deep in labor if you're having a natural labor as the three of us know and many of your listeners you're going to almost be like semi-lucid right so it is hard but but if there's a threat in the room you trust that your body will shut that labor down very quickly and the adrenaline will bring you back into your intellectual mind in a lot of mm, traditions it's like your monkey minds like you can come back into your intellectual mind and your and your present and your labor slows down right so to allow so if you have a support person who's nervous you in your especially if you know that person as the person in labor you can pick up on that quite easily and it will impact your own labor experience. So it's super, super important for all the support people out there and any listeners who think that maybe this would be like a good little snippet to play for a partner. It is, it is of paramount importance that the support person or people do the work that they need to do to get super comfortable with labor. Right. That will be the number one thing you, the, as a support person, you're the number one thing that the person in labor is queuing off of. They're looking at your eyes. Am I okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? Right. You better. It's one of the reasons why a doula is so great because if the doula looks at, let's say, a husband or, you know, if it's a same sex couple, a wife, and if the doula looks at the, that person's eyes, the support person, and the doula is like, she's good, she's fine, then the support person can actually look at the, you know, at the pregnant mama, the laboring mama, and be like, you're good. And she'll believe it. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's important for everybody in the room to be like, cool. We, we're yeah. Here. Yeah. That makes total sense. So talking about a partner or support person, what can they do beforehand? Um, obviously we talked a little bit about what they can do during labor, but also after labor, how can they be helpful to 
a mom who just gave birth? Just be in service. It is mm -hmm. everything. You are there to serve. Think of it as helping somebody who is recovering from a massive operation. And I mean, what's crazy is that when people are, let's say somebody did have a belly birth, a cesarean section, and they're recovering afterwards, it's like we, because it's so common in America, we expect that like they're cool, you know, that's a major surgery. Giving birth physiologically, vaginally is a for your first baby. I mean, my second baby, I could like ride a bicycle the next day. The first, yeah. I like, couldn't walk for four weeks, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it's, that's an exaggeration. I couldn't walk for maybe like two days, but I was like, I shouldn't have walked probably for like two weeks, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's only to let my organs heal back into my abdomen, right? So the point is that a support person needs to tend to a partner needs to tend to the recovering healing new mama as if she truly has been through a major physical um we'll call it like an interruption you know but uh, there's been a really big um event that's occurred and she needs super super tender care so things like making sure she has enough water especially if she's breastfeeding making sure i would recommend a camelback if you have a camelback in your house go get the camelback bring it out have it constantly filled pretend like you are waiting on this person and they are the freaking queen of england in your house and what do you need are you warm enough are you too hot um, what can I, can I help you with the baby? You need to sleep, take the baby, walk outside, put the baby in a carrier so that the baby will be lulled to sleep and walk outside to give her a nap window and do it multiple times a day because she's not going to nap for some of those. She's going to scroll her phone, catch up on old work emails, text yeah. her friends, like trip out about the fact that she's a mom all of a sudden, you know, she's going to do a million things to push off sleep. So you need to give her enough opportunities to be in her own headspace that she can mentally and physically heal because the sleep is so super important. Um, and really just asking her, what do you need? I am here to serve you. You've done the most incredible work. What can I do for you? Um, and we'll allow her to actually tune in and say like, what do I need? Like I need warm food. I need, um, you know, I need a foot rub. I need you to call the lactation consultant because I'm realizing that I don't know that I have a handle on this, that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, if only everyone could have someone that supportive, that is, that would be incredible. <laughs> I was lucky enough to have someone like that. And it is, it's so helpful when you're recovering from labor. Oh my gosh. So helpful. You guys, like what if, what if actually the best advice is like, just do everything she usually does. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you don't know how to deal with the baby, a lot of moms don't want to like, are not in the headspace to give the baby to a partner um that early in the piece and, and like let them like go away and outside fine do the dishes do the laundry clean the house so that she doesn't for a minute think like oh i should be doing that do it yeah. do all mm -hmm. things. exactly so with covid and everything that's been going on for the last year how have you had to kind of shift gears and have you been able to have in-person massages yeah we, so, hmm. and one side of the work that I personally do much remains unchanged. And once I got my kids and I in a flow, and once I was able to fully lean on my family for a lot of child support, um, like for you know actual childcare, 
um, then I was able to continue to create. I wrote the, the book. I wrote You've Got This over the summer. Um, and so I was able to deepen and, and I, you know, created the Zoom cast where I interview all of these birth experts. Um, I was able to really dive in to a space of creation and after not having childcare for a long time, it was like I was on, I still am, you know, whenever I have a chance to work, I'm on like super, super productive speed, you know? Um, yeah, and, not having the kids around for a little bit, you're like, what is this? Exactly. <laughs> right? It's like being on, on like work steroids. All of a sudden I'm like, oh my God. It's everything done. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, um, so once I got there, my work was in it as an author and as a creator was able to go even deeper as an educator. Now, the, the massage practice is like a whole other world in that yeah. I would say it was like, I don't know if I want to compare it to that. Because the business is such a, a, an important part of how I feed my family, like actually, and how I feed myself. And it's something that is such a core to my identity to have it threatened like that was profoundly challenging for me. And I'm sure I found myself doing more work than I've ever done, securing government loans, ensuring like making contacts at the Department of Employment in California to make sure that my team who I love so much was all fully taken care of so that they could feed their families. You know, it was like, I've just never, besides my divorce, I've never really had to dig that deep before, which I mean, duh, like pandemic, I bet feels like a pretty obvious statement. (laughs) None of us have had to dig this deep that before. Before, you know, um, but it was it was wild. But here's the thing: we are a practice that already treats a very sensitive population. We already have HEPA filters ducted throughout our space that we always have. We have really high standards for sanitation, cleanliness in our spaces, and we have a tiny little practice. Our California location is two rooms. Um, in New York, it's me, and in Chicago, it's going to be four rooms. So New York hasn't been seeing anyone. Um, California has been um, open, like in a very, very sort of um, titrated, like low grade capacity since September, um, August, September. And we added extra filtration units to the rooms. We actually fog the entire space with HACL between every single client. Um, so it sanitizes every nook and cranny that air can get to and sanitizes the actual air particles. So we're doing certainly more than like a doctor's office is doing, you know, um, and then everyone's always masks on in the space the whole time, which I think is the number one thing we are learning that PPE really works, you know, otherwise doctors could never practice ever because they would be getting sick all the time from their patients, right? Yeah. So we know that PPE works and our staff uses it and our clients use it and everyone takes it really seriously because most of our clients are pregnant or postpartum. They're not leaving the house anyways and they're not risking it because they know they cannot get vaccinated. Yeah, very true. Wow. So where can people find the birth deck and when will your new book be coming out? We are available. So the birth deck is available at www.thebirthdeck.com and the and on Amazon and the book is available for pre-sale right now on both Amazon and at thebirthdeck.com um, and on Instagram I'm pretty active on Instagram at the birth deck and if you're interested in the massage practice if you're in the Chicagoland area or California or New York you can go to at Glow Birth and Body on Instagram or 
Birth Inc. GlowBirthAndBody.com. It's G-L-O-W. So look at our website. You are like, I always say this, but seriously, you are like an all-encompassing like wealth of knowledge. <laughs> For pregnant moms, oh my gosh, like this is this is all the information that they need. And we're just thankful that we got to chat with you and give everyone, you know, lead you lead them right to you (laughs) i'm so grateful for this opportunity i'm obsessed with all this content i just yeah i'm incredibly passionate about it and um another thing that's been kind of interesting and i wonder if you guys are doing it um i've been playing around on clubhouse and hosting little conversations with pregnant with other birth workers but then also with people who are pregnant to answer questions and that's been super super fun we both, yeah. yeah, we both are on it, but we both don't really know how to use it. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's real. Well, we should connect there, ladies. And um, for any for sure. parents, I'm at Sarah Lyon, S-A-R-A-L-Y-O-N. And I'll probably be hosting a regular room pretty soon here once I kind of get into more of a flow with it. Um, but it's been a cool place to just host impromptu conversations that are really low pressure. They're not so much of like an Instagram like I need to put on a shiny filter kind of thing, which I've been working mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. We can definitely get some people to to head over there. I mean, there's so many, we know so many pregnant people. <laughs> well, we will definitely, um, you know, give all this information out, put all the links up in the notes so that people can find you easily. And thank you so much for coming on and and telling us all about all the wonderful things that you do. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a total pleasure. Thanks again to Sarah for coming on and chatting with us today. It was such a wonderful conversation and you can pre-order her book now. You just head to the link in our show notes. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating review on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at birthnaturally. Talk to you next time.